Good afternoon. Welcome to Coffee and Conversation, a podcast brought to you by the Del Norte County Office of Education and Del Norte County Unified School District. I'm Jeff Harris, Superintendent of Schools for Del Norte County. And today we are talking school buses, transportation, everything you always wanted to know but were afraid to ask. (laughs) So joining me today are three of our phenomenal transportation employees. And I'm going to go in reverse order here because we have Rachel LeBlanc, who is our student transportation specialist. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you. Kenna Burcham, who is the director of transportation. Hello. And Heather Rodriguez, the self-described coolest bus driver of them all. (laughs) I agree. I agree. Hello, everyone. I'm back. (laughs) Was that self-described or do other people? (laughs) We all call her that. Oh, is that what it is? No, no discrimination. Every (laughs) bus driver is the coolest. That's right. Well, and you know what? I do have to say. Um, over the years that I've been here, we've got a lot of, of great staff in all departments at all of our schools. Um, however, how many times can have I come to the transportation meetings? Because you guys get all kinds of praise. You, you, you get all kinds of really positive things said about you from families to consultants who works, uh, who work for us, um, to just community members and kids, right? So this is a great department. We have an amazing department department yeah so just to give us an idea how many on a regular day how many drivers how many buses are out on the roads 18 i believe we have five special needs and 11 regular education that's a lot yes and rachel and heather just for an example i know routes shift um but where are you right now i am on a special needs route Mm -hmm. um doing smith river and okay. I love it. Yeah. I actually just transferred over to a special needs route. So I'm doing in town in Klamath. Um, last year I was doing a full gen ed bus and I have been for a while, but this year decided to change things up. Yeah. Well, and you know, I'm, I've ridden with the, with the full bus, I've ridden the Klamath route and I've ridden the, um, the mountain route. And those, those outlying schools where both of you are, that's a little challenging to get up in the morning to get out there because students have to get up so early. Yes, they do. Right. Um, but I have to say this because I've known you both for a while. What is the most fun part of your day when you're, when you're out on the buses? So the most fun part of my day is when the kids just surprise you with just fun things that they say when they get on or when they get on and say, Good morning, bus driver, and reach for a hug or high five or something like that. Um, Just when they're being super sweet or funny, that's for me. Yes, I actually would have to agree to that. Um, I had a student last week. I got to a stop, and he had said, but I don't want you to go. I'm going to miss you. And I was just like, oh, you're so, so sweet. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So those, those moments are definitely more cherishing i guess for yeah. me yeah yeah well and because you know i i think 
well, it's not I think. I, I know that when COVID hit, you know, there's there are a lot of jobs in the district that a lot of people go, I would never do that. I don't know how you do it where you have students sitting behind you when you're driving 65 miles an hour down the road. 55 miles an hour. Oh, Thank 55 you very miles. Much. Sorry. Yeah. See, that shows you how much I know right there. <laughs> um, and, you know, because when I was a teacher, I had 32 in front of me. But to have a full bus behind me, that's a different environment completely. However, you guys do a great job. I mean, you know, and and it even translated from pre-COVID into COVID because you were the lifeline for kids. Um, you and Nutrition Services were the lifeline for kids for that probably year, year and a half that we were going through that. Um, but I know one of the cool things that that you've done, and Rachel, you were talking about it a little bit just before we started the podcast, was the work that you've done with PBIS, right? I think transportation was an early adopter. What does PBIS look like on a bus? That, For those of you who aren't familiar, that stands for um, Positive Behavior Interventions and Support. And that really is the, um, uh, I think, the, the, the plan or the, the attempt to do those positive things with students and to intervene before discipline has to be done, right? So what's it look like on a bus? Well, I know that some of the things I tried to do when I was on a big bus was um, what we were taught was if you want it, teach it. So just keep repeating the same, you know, things that we need to happen, you know, keep your legs out of the aisle. And it got to the point where some of my students or I think it was Joe Hamilton students. I would just look down the aisle if I wasn't driving and I'm looking down the aisle and the kids are like, why are you not driving? And they look up in the mirror and they could see me looking at them down the aisle and they move all, all of them almost in unison, <laughs> move out of the aisle. So they know right. we just have to um, be consistent with it. Right. And um, things like um, back to back, bottom to bottom. We have to teach that if mm -hmm. we want them to sit with their knees out of the aisle, we call it, we can make a rhyme out of it. Back to sit back to back, bottom to bottom. Your back goes to the back of the seat. Your bottom goes to the bottom of the seat. And it makes it fun for them. Things like you can't get up from your seatbelt or unbuckle until we're at your stop. And sometimes they, you know, they're short, they're little. They can't see like the door open, right. which would be a really good signal for, a, you know, bigger kids. But the little kids need something different, something they could hear instead of see. So I would tell them when you hear that air break and it goes pshh. Then they hear the air brake. They know it's their turn to unbuckle when we're at their stop. So it's just being consistent with them. Um, it's a little and different. It's, and it's those clear expectations too, clear right? Clear expectations, yeah. right. Um, it's different on special needs, but um, even they love to do the right thing. They right. really do strive to do the right thing. And it makes it so much easier. Well, because I, I know that when, when PBIS, when you guys really embraced that and took that on the buses, we saw a huge drop in the level of student discipline, in the number of pink slips that were given out and all that stuff, correct? I believe so, yeah. Um, it's a little different um, after COVID things, you know, kids were not um, used That's right. to doing Yeah, it's been a couple right of years. Yeah. yeah, just retraining. Retraining, yeah. and it takes, yeah. it takes work. And sometimes we don't want to always put the effort in, but when we do, it makes a really big difference. Yeah, yeah. And it's super positive, you know. Um, I have a... One of our coworkers, what she does on her bus, she drives special needs and she has a treasure box. So every Friday she, you know, 
looks at every behavior as reprimanding and reminding them that on Friday, if they have good behavior and they're following the rules and they're being safe, respectful, and responsible, they get to get in their treasure or her treasure box for for their behavior for the whole week. And on her bus, it has worked out really well. It yeah. has showed a lot of positive feedback for her and it works for her. And so, um, yeah, just different strategies. It's harder for the older kids. They like different things. You know, Dollar Tree toy isn't going to excite them. Right. But a Dutch Bros card, um, things like that, just getting back into that rhythm of things and reintroducing it this year. Um, but it does. it has paid off. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the other kicker, right, is because after basically two and a half years of disrupted education, now that we're kind of everybody's coming back, we're not dealing with masks, which you guys had quite the experience having to deal with masks and and um, uh, taking kids temperatures, they're getting on the bus and all those things. And so I'm glad that's over for Me you. Me too. It's so and funny. Every kid. Absolutely. Sometimes I'm driving down the road and I'm like, oh, I don't have a mask on. Oh, I don't need a mask. It's okay. <laughs> Your it's glasses so... aren't fogging up this yeah, year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the weirdest thing when you get to, like adapted to something. Yeah, it's really strange. But um, it does take some getting used to normal again, right? Yeah. But yes. things aren't exactly back to normal, right? Kenny, you've had some changes in the department. Are you talking about new new directors? And um, yeah. yeah, I am new. I've not quite a year. So I'm still learning. So be patient with me, please. So um, if there's a problem, you're still blaming Derek? Uh, totally. Okay. I totally. It's all his fault. Everything. I have not had to call him in a while, so I'm getting better. Good. That's that's it. She's and, doing awesome. Thank you. And we also have a new, hopefully, new driver trainer, a new instructor coming up. He still has to go to school, but he's learning. Mm -hmm. And again, so we have a whole new staff in our department. So we are, you know, it's learning as we go. But I think we're doing really well. You know, we've managed to keep the buses on the road. We are doing all home to school. We've had to do a few field trips that we had to cancel, but not very many. We we have really done, I think, an exceptional job in what we're doing. Oh, I do too. And at the very beginning, you you were even down a couple of drivers. We're the still first down. couple. <laughs> we're well, still down. How many drivers do you need? You know, because we talk a lot about here are the needs. And right now, I think we've got somewhere around 100 openings. Um, but how many drivers do you need? I am down one on a route. So I am down. I have one sub. And that's it. So but Mike and I have both been too. driving. Oh, absolutely. We need at least three or four drivers. Or five. Five works. Or five. five works. Yeah. <laughs> I'd take it. Well, so, and what are the criteria? If somebody said, you know what? I might be interested in that. What, what's that look like? Clean driving record. Yep. Number one. Um, being able to pass a drug and alcohol test because mm -hmm. we do random. So it's, it's constant. You know, you don't ever know when you're going to be called for a drug or alcohol. Um, just having a, a really clean driving record, having a great personality. We we have an amazing group of drivers. Yeah, we do. Highway Patrol came in today because I did get a new driver today. Yay! Yay! Yeah. So um, Highway Patrol was in, and he he sent me a an email saying how much he enjoyed seeing all the ladies that were in the office and what a great group of people we have. Yeah. And so from for Highway Patrol to come in and to tell us that, that means we, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty big compliment. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. 
But it, it does take a little bit of time to become a bus driver. You have to put in 20 hours classroom, listening to all about the laws, regulations. and then Like they, not going 65. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, vehicle code, blah, 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 blah. I haven't taken the class. No. <laughs> and then 20 hours behind the wheel. So we actually teach you how to drive the bus yeah. and how to back it into the compound. That seems to be the, the main fear of a new driver is backing that big bus into our compound. Oh, they're into big. The barn. Yeah. But, yeah. But you guys handle it well. Yeah, piece of cake. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> totally. It's not a big deal. I could drive it better than I drive my car. My mm-hmm. wife says I'm not a good driver either, so I'm just saying. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, and I think the interesting thing now is not only, so you mentioned CHP, and the first thing I thought about was, you know, all the inspections and those different things that have to happen. But we have two new buses that are going to be coming on the road pretty quick. Tell we, us a little bit about those. Yeah, we have two new electric buses. So we have just gotten them inspected at the beginning of the year, the beginning of the school year. And so we are um, going to start training on those. One's going to be at um, Pine Grove School, taking bus 14's place. And the other one is going to be in bus 8's place, which is um, he does... S. Maxwell in the morning and Redwood in the afternoon. Okay. So yeah, and and they're they're definitely a different look. The they're a conventional bus, so they have a little nose out there, and they have this lovely green bumper. I was going to say wheels. people will be able to tell because they have green bumpers and wheels. They do. They do. Goes with the yellow so well. <laughs> Don't know who thought of that color scheme, but it we is what Derek. it is. Yeah, totally. Blame Derek. <laughs> That's right. He ordered those things. He did. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So um, the, what's the range on those? 130 miles. Okay. But we have a split shift. so And that's why I chose. They also seat 10 less than what we have in our other buses. Okay. So I had to, to judge by how many kids I could get on the bus how many miles the driver goes. Right. But we will be able to, in the morning, charge them, and then they can go out again in the afternoon. Has anybody been able to drive one yet at um, all? Yeah, a couple of us did. Um, we had Bus West come up, and they did a training with us. Um, Gomez and I, who is my driver instructor, he and mm-hmm. I are going to go out Wednesday and just go play. Oh, we're going to go drive cool. and see see what they do drive differently. Besides the quietness of it, which is... Eerie. I was going to say that that's, that's got to be freaky right there. Because, yeah. you know, we're all used to when I was a kid. Oh, I hit the thing. When I was a kid, it was so I grew up in Michigan, right? And we'd go out there, freezing cold, five feet of snow. The bus would, you could hear the bus coming around the snow drifts. And then there was that bus smell, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that exhaust, it's still there. right? It's still there. It's still there. Mm-hmm. Yep. What, but this is a whole generation of kids with electric buses who may never know what that bus smell they is. They will not. <laughs> it's true. They will not. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's going to be nice, too, because when you're, they're so quiet. So right now, if my kids are talking to me, right. I'm like, what? Huh? Can you say that again, please? And by the fifth time of what, huh? They're like, oh, forget it. And never mind. It's not that important. So in this case an electric bus where it's so quiet you will be able to hear everything really build those relationships yeah and, yeah, yeah definitely cool. yeah they won't get so frustrated with you at the fourth what <laughs> <laughs> and you know heather i never thought about that that that's really kind of a cool byproduct yeah. of the electric bus yeah definitely i agree 
Some may disagree um, when you have about 60 kids on the bus and it's louder than you would expect it because you're up front. So all you're hearing is the engine and some noise. Right. But without the engine and everything's electric, you're going to hear all the noise. (laughs) It's going to be a good time. I think it will. You know, I think it'll be really good. I think that's got to... Like I, said, I didn't think about that. Thanks yeah. for bringing that up. Yeah, it'll I, be a I, good I time. Think the kids yeah. will be quieter, though. I, I think, I think so it's too. going to. They're not going to have to talk over the engine, right? Like yeah. our big buses, the engines are in the back, mm-hmm. right? So they they have to talk over them, and I don't. I think that might be. It might be an advantage. It might not be, but we'll see. Yeah, no, no I think that's going to be really interesting to see. Yeah, it it'll be interesting how how it plays out. Yeah, yeah. it can go either way. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, so let's talk a little bit about the um, something else that's coming up. I know before we actually had an app that kids or families could log into. They could see where their child was, see where their bus was. Um, and that that worked pretty well for you as drivers, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know it helped our students a lot. Um, yeah, definitely. When, especially on, like, on special needs. with You never know when... You know, a student is going to need your help and you're going to have to pull the bus over mm-hmm. and figure out how to help them stay buckled or rebuckle or whatever, right. or heaven forbid they drop their toy. I don't right. know. Right. Um, but I think that that would still, it would give the parents updates on what, you know, getting closer to their stops. Um Kind of reduces that anxiety a little bit yeah. from a family perspective. Yeah, right. like a yeah. GPS. Right. Especially with SPED, because one child makes 10 minutes difference in some cases. Right. Where you could be earlier or later just because of that that one student. Right. And and what what their needs were and what their family needed to do at that particular time. Or if they didn't show up. Right. Right. And but right now that app's not active, correct? Not in most buses. Okay. So it is in some. It is in some. And, and what just, I know we talked a little bit before, but could you share a little bit about what we're waiting for to activate it on all routes? The, the app actually works through our um, tablets that we have on the bus. And our tablets are, some of them at the end of last year had a glitch in them. And we've been having some issues trying to get all of them up and running again. And that's what has to happen. The tablet has to be running because it has GPS in right. it. So it's just a matter of getting them all up and running again. And that isn't a local thing. It's through our routing through program. Route. Okay. So okay. that that has to be sent away or we have to, to get in touch with them. Right. And and is the app the same app that they've used in the past? Yes. Okay. So really, it's just kind of a back-end piece that we're trying to work through at this point. Correct. All right. So I know, Ken, too, there were... Um, you wanted to share something really specific too about yellow and red lights because I I know how all of us felt, you know, during the summer, I'd get out on the road and I'd take off and I'd get someplace pretty quick. Now we pull out and we go someplace, you know, depending on that time of morning or afternoon, and there's a there's a school bus there, which is great. It's great to see kids getting on. It's great to see, you know, everything running the way it's supposed to be. But sometimes people go, What do I do when? So let's talk a little bit about red and yellow lights. Okay. So we call them ambers. Yeah. Okay. So our amber lights come on 200 feet before we stop. So anytime our amber lights come on, you can expect our red lights to come on when we stop. 
And it's just like a, a light that you would see a stoplight. Yellow goes to red. Red means stop. And so if you see our amber lights on and then our reds come on, please stop. Doesn't mean stop and then has then go, which we have that happen also. They kind of creep up beside the bus, beside the stop sign, and then they go. It We do need you to stop. It means that we're unloading students. That's the only time those red lights are ever on is if we are loading or unloading students. We want the traffic all the way around us to stop so that we can protect those babies of ours. You know, you never know when that kiddo is going to run across the road or whatever. If the traffic is stopped, then we know he's safe to get on and off the bus. Um, Then you were talking about where, what what side of the road has to stop and what side doesn't. Um, If you're on a two-lane road, even a two-lane road with a turn lane, one lane in each direction with a turn lane, everybody needs to stop. If it is considered a divided highway, Mm -hmm. which is two lanes or more in each direction with a turn lane or a median, then the ones going on the opposite side, not direct. If they're directly behind the bus, they have to stop. If they're going the other way, they do not. So that would mean like Totem Villa. If we're stopped at Totem Villa, that's one of our main stops. If you're parked directly behind the bus, Mm -hmm. then everybody needs to stop. If you're coming on the other side, then you can go ahead and go. Um, another place is Madison, um, Madison Avenue or um, Northcrest. North Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Couldn't think of the name. Um, there's two lanes in each direction with that turn lane. So the cars going the other direction do not need to stop. Okay. And if they ever have any questions, feel free I, to call I me. I did not know that. Of course, we made that very obvious today, what I don't know about transportation. <laughs> Just, that's right. That's the 20 hours of classroom you need to go through. <laughs> yes. Well, and you know, I, and I, I never knew that. I, I'd never heard that. And I think, Heather, you were talking about it just before we started the podcast too, right? Yeah. So that's, well, and when you said two lanes in both directions, I was trying to think, where in Crescent City do we have two lanes in both directions? There aren't that many. Mm-hmm. So most of the time, the rule of thumb is... Full stop until those red lights go off. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yes. Correct. And the reason that we're stopped there for so long, I I wanted to say that also, so excuse me. Um, We are, especially in the morning when we're putting our kids on the bus, they have to put seatbelts on. We have seatbelts in all of our buses. and, and, And when did that start? Just to give people kind of a, a perspective, because the, I mean, even the last time I rode a bus, there were no seatbelts. We're looking at each other going, how many years ago has yeah. it been? I've been here 10 years and there's always been seatbelts. But not on every bus, I don't think. I was thinking it wasn't that most, long ago. Most of them. I think we had four buses, the 93s, that didn't have them. And most of those were sub routes. But and, and now everybody every bus has, has a seatbelt. Seat belt. Which and is so, good. I mean, it's a, it's a safety piece. It, oh, it's amazing. It, it is totally, it keeps the kids in their seats a little bit better. They can still get out in the aisle even with a seatbelt on, but it really does keep them. And if you think of a kindergartner who has their whole life been in a, in a seatbelt mm-hmm. and you put them in a bus without a seatbelt, that's un- very weird. uncomfortable to them. Yeah. So I'm, I think seatbelts have been a great addition to, to what we have. But it also makes our loading up a little longer because right. we have 10 kids getting on the bus at a stop and we have to wait and make sure they have their seatbelts on. 
Now, we ask that, you know, put your hand up, thumbs up, whatever. Just let us know that you have that on. But there may be a kiddo or two that we have to help put that seatbelt on for. So if you see the driver get out of the seat, they're not just, you know, doing nothing. Trying to make it last longer. (laughs) Exactly. We're We're not trying trying to to make your morning terrible (laughs) (laughs) or make you upset. We're sorry in advance. (laughs) Exactly. But it's about making kids safe. Yes, absolutely. All about safety. Totally. So before we go, Kenneth, you wanted to share some information about um, registering to ride the bus. Correct. We have... Um, a web on our, the website, the Del Norte Unified School District yeah, Dan, website. For those of you wondering, it's dnusd.org slash transportation. There is a spot on there to register your student for transportation. So if you fill out the form, it's very basic. It just, you know, the name of your student, phone number, and what the stop is. So if you know the stop, that's always helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, if that is, you don't have time to do that, or if that just doesn't work for you, you can always call us at 464-0250. And one of us would be happy to register your student for the bus. It helps us to know what students are on the bus and that they're able to ride and to what stop they go to. So if you can do that, that's amazing. And ultimately, like we talked about, too, in order to be able to access the app and know where your child is, they have to be registered. Correct. So thank you, all three of you, for coming in today. I know that you had to um, jockey schedules a little bit. A little bit. to, To make it in, but I really, really do appreciate it. Um, the work you do is amazing. Um, but more than that, you're amazing people. And I appreciate that from each of you too. You're amazing, Jeff. Thank you, thank you, you so much for your kind words. We so, appreciate you. So thank you all. Yes. 